right, so today we will continue on the topic of the wilderness. And I, you know what, as, as I'm studying this, this is so even more prevalent to the times that we are, that's upon us now. That we really, God is going to put a lot of us through a wilderness experience. And some of us who haven't been through will be going through. So I have to give a recap because um, the last couple of weeks <clears throat> I had a different message. So I'm going to give a recap of um, 1 and 2, part 1 and 2 of the wilderness. And then uh, I'll just pick it up. Okay? So remember in Hosea 11.1, 1, he talked about when Israel was a child. I loved him and out of Egypt I called my son. And I touched on that as far as Israel, God is calling the congregation of Israel his son. So Israel was a child and Israel was also a slave and had the mentality of a slave. Israel was also the son of God. The congregation, God saw the children of Israel as his child, as a son, <clears throat> but they were immature. So, as I touched on before, Israel, the children of Israel had the mentality of a child. They were slaves in Egypt, but they also, not only were they slaves in Egypt, they had the mentality of a slave. Okay? Even when he pulled them out of Egypt, even though they are out of the world, what Egypt is a type of the world, they still have the mentality of a world. Just like when we got saved. We are saved from the world, but when we come into the kingdom, we still have the mentality of the world. So, there is a desire for the world and Egypt and its benefits. And if, you know, new converts, not even new converts, you have those who have been walking, claiming to be Christians, Sometimes people get weary and go back into the world. Mm-hmm. Why? Because even though they were out of the world, they, they, they're, they still have the mentality of a slave because their desires and their members, they serve the world because they think and they act like the world and they desire the things of the world. That's why people turn and go back to it. <laughs> because of Israel's carnality, they could not grasp the vision God had for them. They could not see themselves as kings and priests. The same thing when we get saved. We don't understand the promises and the vision God has for us as sons, as children of God. So what, that's why the Bible says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The word of God is what the Lord, the spirit of God uses to change the way we think. To change how we see ourselves, how we perceive ourselves perceive ourselves okay and if you don't see yourself the way God sees you if you can't see the promise you can't lay a hold of something that you can't see do you you understand what I'm saying Mm -hmm. okay so in Galatians I touch on in Galatians 4 1 and 3 when it says that you don't have to turn there I'll just quote the scripture now I say that an heir as long as he's a child does not differ at all from a slave. An heir, as long as he's a child, even though he's an heir, he's no different than a slave. Although he's master. So he's saying a child, even though he's, a ma- he's master of all, he's no different than a slave. Why? Because he thinks his mentality is immature. He doesn't understand that he's an heir. He doesn't understand he's master. So he will act 
like a slave. Do you understand that? That's very important that we get that. And that's why also the Lord tells us about having compassion for one another. Because even though many of us who got saved and we we came out from the world, we are quick to pass judgment on other saints. But to understand that they they are in different levels of maturity. And we have to be patient with them. We have to love them. And we have to let them see the fruit of God, the life of God in us. Those who are much more mature. So, okay. <clears throat> alright? So they say, even though when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. And why are people carnal? People are carnal because they're in bondage to the element, to the things of the world. They're in bondage to their own desires. So, after one is saved, there's a process that one has to go through when we are tutored and schooled, we become heirs with to be we to become heirs with Christ. We are heirs with Christ, born again, taken out of the world. But that's where the wilderness is. The wilderness is where we get schooled. The wilderness is where we get we get tutored. And let me tell you why. There's a difference now. Be care, be careful with this. We have Bible study, we go to service, the word of God is preached. And we say we understand things. The wilderness is the place God will take you. So that stuff you learn, you will understand it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can tell someone that if you touch a stove, a hot stove, you're going to get burned. But if you never experience that, you cannot relate to what that means. You can't relate to it. It's like, if I give you an example. Childbirth. A woman who's never had a child. You can tell her about childbirth. But until she experiences it, experiences it she doesn't really have an understanding of what childbirth is. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we can have Bible study. You can study the Word. But the wilderness is where God takes you and that Word becomes life. To you. Exactly. That's where the wilderness is. The wilderness, God puts you through things in your life where that word, which was Logos, becomes Rhema. You understand the difference? There's a difference. Okay? And I said, I define the wilderness as a, a solitary place. A place of separation. A willingness is a place of separation where you're cut off, you're isolated. And many times in those places you feel like God has abandoned you. Many times, like places, you feel like you're alone, that no one is there for you. No one understands. That's, that's when you start feeling that, like that, you're in a wilderness. Alright? But God does that for a purpose. So that your dependency and your sufficiency will only be on Him and not on others. My God. Alright, so I define, I said there are two types of wilderness experience. I didn't read this in a book. I didn't study this anywhere. This is just what came to me by the Spirit. There are two types of wilderness experiences. The God-imposed one, which is what the children of Israel had to go through. And the self-imposed one. The self-imposed I'm not going to talk about right now. But there's a, you, you know what exactly what I'm talking about. There's a God-imposed one. 
where God puts you through so that you can come alive in spirit. The self-imposed one is what when you put yourself in the wilderness. You put yourself there. Why? Because you want to be communing with the Father on a regular basis. And I will touch on that after. See, there's the one that God puts you through and the one you put yourself through. Okay? <clears throat> Alright, so why the wilderness? And I'm going to... This is all recap. The Lord is leading to humble and test them. Test us. Okay? To, to see if we will pay attention to Him. If we will obey Him. To know what's in their heart. And not only for them to know what... For Him to know what's in their heart. For them to recognize what's in their own heart. Because when God puts us through the wilderness, that's where we really start to see what's in our heart. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Exactly who you are. What you believe. All the, the, all the chaff mm-hmm. that get burned up. And the real gold, the true stuff stays. Amen. And that is what takes you through your life. The wilderness is a place where God will allow leanness, hunger. Why does God allow? Because in the wilderness is the place of lack. We won't want to call it lack, but it's a place of leanness. It's not the wilderness is not a place of plenty. And the, and God clearly says why, so that they would learn that God, man, does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In the wilderness, when we go through the wilderness, they would think that we don't have, we can't make it, we don't have enough to survive. But God would show them, yeah, you will make it. You will, have, you will survive. Why? Because I am here. Because I am here, you will make it. You will survive. And that's when we go through our wilderness experiences, we realize that God is all we need. You know what I'm talking about, sister, because you've been there, we've been there. Okay. I talked of touching this, that we won't despise our birthright. Remember Esau had a birthright. He sold it for what? Food. Because he was hungry. Mm. He didn't understand the value of what, he was, what was promised to him. So he sold it. He gave it away. The wilderness is a place where we will learn our birthright. And when you come through, you won't be so quick to turn and give it away when the enemy attacks you. You won't turn your back. So we're going to pick up now. This is where I'm going to pick up. The wilderness is a place where we learn to reverence God and walk in His ways. There's so many different things I can, way I can go here, but I just have to keep on, on track with it. It's how we learn to reverence God, to revere Him, to respect Him, and walk in His ways, to get to know Him intimately, and rely on Him. And this intimacy comes from relationship. They always wonder how Moses just walked in the cloud. With all the thunder and all the lightning, Moses just went up into the cloud. Fear, not, no fear. And the children of Israel could not even stand to hear and see because they were so afraid. Intimacy, with intimacy, as Moses had with God, Moses was not afraid to walk in God's presence. But they didn't have, the children of Israel Israel did not have that intimacy. Why did they not have that intimacy? Because of the sin, sin in their lives. And that is what separates 
sons from slaves. A son is not afraid to go in the presence of their father mm. or a daughter. Okay, when little children are small, their hearts are pure. So they're not afraid to come before their parents. But if they do something wrong, they won't quickly want to come in to mom and dad. Why? Because of their heart. They know they have done something wrong. So that is why, why Moses was able to walk into God's presence. And the children of Israel were afraid. Okay? <clears throat> That's <clears throat> the willingness takes care of all that fear. Another reason. God is, he shows that he is I am. They learn of, the, of his miracles. Miracle is supposed to be the norm in the life of a believer. You know when a miracle happens, we shouldn't be freaking out over it. That's part of our inheritance as children of God. Okay? There in the wilderness you learn that He is the source of everything. There is no need for Egypt. Even though we live in Egypt, in, in Egypt we're not dependent on Egypt. Even though we go to a job, we, we go, we buy gas, we, we live our lives. Okay, this is Egypt. Even though we live in Egypt, if a job goes, God will always provide another one. Or He give you a new idea. God will give you what you need. Egypt is the, the, the realm we live in. But our dependency is not on it because God can break, God can break down and God can raise up. There have been different forms of Egypt over the years, over the centuries. The Egypt we live in now is not the Egypt that was we lived that people lived in 100, 200 years ago. But the but the mentality of Egypt has been consistent: greed, lust, power, lust for power. That hasn't changed. Wars, discrimination, none of that has changed. But the appearance of it, Egypt has changed, but the mentality of Egypt hasn't changed. You guys understand what I'm saying? The willingness to place of testing and trials to produce what? Godly fruit. So what comes out of your life reveals the character of your father. Egypt is a place for us, for our, the character of God to be developed in us. Not Egypt, the, uh, the willingness. Is a place for the character of God to be developed in us. Because when you go through the wilderness, you start to think like, talk like your father. Okay? Egypt is a place, not Egypt, the wilderness is the place where we learn to make the hard choices. And you could use this scripture as a reference. Deuteronomy 30, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 through 20. A place where we learn to make hard choices, to obey the Spirit and not yield to the flesh. You know what? Let me go. Let me turn there. I want to show you something. Okay? For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. He's saying this commandment I gave you is not a mystery. And it's not something that's far off that you can't, you can't acquire it. He said, verse 12, It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, 
that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over to sea and bring it to us, that you may hear and do it? He said, but this is it. Verse 14. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. He says it's not a mystery. It's the word that you have to hear and do. It's not something you have to go get. It's right there. Verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep His commandments, His statutes, His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you for which you to possess. What the Lord is saying, He said, I have set before you life and good, death and evil. He said, the word is near you, right in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. But say, I lay before you life and death, evil and good. He said, so that you may possess the land that I promised you. He said to them, you better make the right choice. Because in verse 17 he says, If your heart turns away, so that you do not hear and are drawn away, and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over to the Jordan to go and possess. I call heaven and earth a witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. Why did I read that? Because there comes a time we will have to make the hard choices. There are things that we would want so badly to do, but it's not God's will. And we will have to make the decision to turn from it and do it God's way. Sometimes that is not easy. It is not easy. Why? Because there are things we know to do in the flesh. But to walk the walk of faith, sometimes you don't know the outcome of following God. But we know when we follow Him. Exactly. Because the whole thing about it is to be able to obtain your promise. And if you go against his will, you, you're not going to have to, you're not going to acquire or walk in your promises. So it's a matter of, you've got to make a hard choice. Okay? <clears throat> Alright, so, I just wanted to throw that in there, but there are more to, to it that you can read on your own time. This is another, the wilderness is a place where you learn to enter into his rest. To be at peace in all circumstances and situations. And I believe God is, that's, especially in the time we're living in, God is going to put us in that situation where, in a wilderness experience where we learn to enter into his rest. And the rest has nothing to do with work. It has to do with your mentality. And that your confidence and peace is in him and trust is in him. But anyhow, uh, it's a place of growth. Revelation, a way you get strength, but the strength is not you. You learn that you have no strength of your own. And that your strength, your dependency, your strength comes from God. 
It's a place, the wilderness is a place where we learn to have courage in the midst of adversity. Because you experience God in new ways and learn about His grace, His faithfulness and His mercy. Where we learn to be strong and courageous. Okay? Alright. And I think I'm going to close here because it's almost um, time already and I still have a ways to go. The wilderness is a season of preparation where God will transition or school us, all the children of Israel, on their journey to be ready for their destination. The wilderness is the place where you are schooled on the way to your destination. You're not schooled when you get to your destination. You're schooled on your way to your destination. Okay? The destination is the promise. The preparation is in the journey. So when you get to to your promise, you already know how to rule and reign. You don't get to to be king, then learn to rule and reign on the throne. You learn on your way. Alright. The wilderness, in summary, is an arena where we are separated, schooled, and prepared for service as royal priests and kings. It's a place where we learn to move in the Spirit and in God's will. There is where we learn to walk by faith. And the whole thing about taking the children of Israel through the wilderness is that they learn to walk by faith. And which they never did learn, even though they got to the promised land. Because they still were rebellious. And they still turned their back towards again to God. So we learn to hear and obey the voice of God. There is an awakening in the spirit that occurs if you allow yourself to be schooled. If you allow yourself to be tutored. There is an awakening that takes place in the spirit. And a desire to be in his presence. There's a, there's a difference. Our strength and confidence comes from and through the Lord. Unclean spirits have no authority over us. Listen to this. They will try to attempt and distract us. But if we walk in the spirit, they will, not, they will always be defeated. Unclean spirits look for dry saints. Those not filled with the Holy Spirit to torment. They not look for them to possess them. Because they can't possess them. They look for them to torment. Unclean spirits look to torment us. You guys understand that? Mm -hmm. Okay. The wilderness is the place God takes us through. So that when we come through, we learn that unclean spirits have no authority over us. Because by when you're in the wilderness, you're learning who you are as an heir, as a king. So that's why this, why do you think the unclean spirits said when Jesus walked, came in their presence, what did they say? We know who you are, the Holy One of God. Have you come to drive us out before our time? They already know who he is. 
And in Christ, we have the same authority. But if you have the mentality of a slave, you don't know you have that authority. In the Bible, it says that we will judge angels. And it's not only, it's talking about demonic spirits. We will judge them. And why do they try to distract us? To tempt and distract us. They tempt and distract us so that we, if you don't know who you are, if I have control over you, you cannot exert your authority over me. It's a scheme. But if you allow yourself to be tutored in school, when you go through the wilderness, you understand who you are and what your inheritance is. So when the despots and the demonic spirits come after you, you don't hide in fear. You're not fearful. <coughs> you, <coughs> you stand and you take your position of authority and you use the word of God, as the Bible said, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. But you're not using that word based on head knowledge, logos. You're using it based on rhema, revelation. Because why? Your father took you through the wilderness. So now you know the word that was spoken to your heart is not a dead word, it's a living word. I hope you all understand this. <clears throat> so, in the, so in the wilderness, we'll, the rebellious spirit is tamed. We learn to put the flesh to death. And I have a scripture that you could always go to. Colossians 3, 5-9. You learn to put the flesh to death. Alright? So Colossians 3, 5, and then what? Go all the way to 17. We're not going to read it. We just, I'm just telling you where it is. You know what? Let's go and read it. <clears throat> and I'm, then I'm going to stop there. Colossians 3, 5. And we're going to read to 17. When I do this, I see such analogies between the children of Israel and the saints of today. And, what, and why God is doing what he's doing. Are you there? Mm-hmm. Okay, 3 5. And we're going to probably read to about 20, I think. No, bear me not. 17. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Upon the sons of disobedience. So he's talking about the world. But a lot of these things in verse 5 were what the children of Israel were dealing with. They had the mentality of a slave. And they were moving in the loss of the flesh. Verse 7. In that in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. We used to be like that when we were in the world. We used to walk like that. Verse 8. But now, you yourselves are to put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. What is he saying here? You yourselves have to put off these things. We have to put it off. He's not going to put it off for us. But if we don't put it off, we're going to go through a wilderness. 
If you're selfish, God will put you through the wilderness. And when you come through it, you won't be as selfish or you won't be selfish anymore. Do you understand? That's why he said, put these things off. If we don't put it off, he's going to put us through a wilderness, to an experience where we're going to have to put these things off. He said, do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Verse 10. And I've put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge. According to the image of him who created him. So you can voluntarily put off the old and put on the new. Or you can go through the wilderness where you have to put off the old. And God will put, and you will put on the new. So it's either you do it voluntarily or you do it forced. But we have plenty of people who go through a wilderness and still are in a wilderness because they choose to be stubborn and do not want to submit to the Spirit of God. And when you do not submit to the Spirit of God, you will stay in the wilderness. Where? Verse 11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. He said this is not exclusive. It doesn't matter who you are as a child of God. We all have to put off the old and put on the new. It doesn't matter. Verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, as the chosen of God, holy and beloved. He said that. You hear what he says to us? We are elect, chosen of God. We are holy and we are beloved. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, Meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. He said, be patient with each other, forgive, love one another. Christ was patient with us and loved us and forgave us. We should do the same with others. Right? Above all these things... Verse 14, put on love which is the bond of perfection. Love is the bond of perfection. Let, it, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Ah, talking about peace. To which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. In all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another. In psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatever you do in word and deed, or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. He said, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. How does that happen? By studying the word. Right? Meditating. Letting the Holy Spirit give you revelation. Or when you get that revelation, take that word and put it in action. Or else there's a wilderness waiting. Okay. So I just wanted to read that with you. And you read it, at, read it on your own time. But I thought that was really powerful. Just understand. That we have to go through. The wilderness is the place we all go through. Not because God wants to punish us. It's because he loves us. You all understand that. And we have to. As it says here in Colossians. We have to. Encourage each other in the faith. When people are going through wilderness. And I know one of the biggest things I know through experience is that as people go through the wilderness, they're very quiet about it. They don't like to tell other people that they're 
struggling. They're having a hard time. But it's okay. It's okay to let people know. Because people can pray with you. Nobody can go through your wilderness experience for you. You have to go through yourself. But, it's good to let other strong saints know so they can pray for you. That your faith will be strong. That you stand strong. And that God will give you the understanding you need as you go through it. So that when you come through it, you'll be stronger. You understand? So we're not supposed to go through things on our own. We're supposed to be there to support one another. Encourage each other. As it says here, admonishing, teaching, admonishing one another. With psalms and hymns, songs, singing with grace. You see, the wilderness is a place you learn to worship God. So anyhow, just understand, I, I'm going to have to pick this up next week. And I still have some more to go through. And when I finish with this, then I'm going to talk a little bit about the self-imposed wilderness experience.